Welcome back to Starting With A Story. My name is John Lee, recent college graduate who just happened to stumble upon a microphone. And each week, I hope to bring you a person or story that motivates and inspires you to grow and connect with more people every single day. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now, let's get to our story. Good morning, story listeners. We have today a very good friend of mine here. He graduated from Villanova University, and we were both mechanical engineers. Thankfully, aside from the endless nights of homework, we are able to survive through it all together and be here today to tell the tale. Now, in this week's interview, we really get a chance to dive into the idea of faith and even into the topics of love and relationships. Ooh. (laughs) I hope you can all resonate with his message as much as I have. This man has a fantastic story, he's a great surfer, and he's a really cool guy, and his name is Joseph McCabe. Hey, how's it going, John? Uh, Give me a little more credit for being a surfer. I think you have to stand up to be a surfer. Uh, (laughs) I just sit out in the waves on my board, but... Hey man, that, that's more than more than most. I feel more than most. But um, thank you so much for being out here today. I really appreciate you taking the time to share your story and a little bit about yourself with our uh, listeners. Not a problem. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. So, so Joe, I know you because we went to school together. We were both engineers. God bless being engineers, right? Not not the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> So a lot of the audience and the listeners, they don't really know who you are. So how about you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, why you are the way you are, and a little bit about your story. Yeah, sure. So I grew up uh, here in beautiful, sunny San Diego. Uh, um, it's, a, it's a little cloudy right now. It rained yesterday, but I think we'll, uh, we can use the rain when we get it. Um, but I grew <laughs> up, I went to Catholic school my uh, entire life. I went to grade school. At a Catholic school, high school, I went to an Augustinian high school. Um, that led me to an Augustinian university, which is where I met you, obviously, at Villanova. Um, so my Catholic education has definitely shaped me and to who I am. Um, and then I studied mechanical engineering at Villanova. I'm now working at Northrop Grumman doing some systems engineering there. And, yeah, that's where I am now. Um, cool, cool. So, so you mentioned that you went to Catholic schools your entire life. Was that kind of a good thing, a bad thing? Like, how did that kind of play in your entire life? Uh, I value my Catholic education so much, and I'm very grateful for my parents who sacrificed a lot for me to go to Catholic school. I really think that a Catholic education is so important. It gives you a good perspective into growing up because school is more than just math, science, literature, mm-hmm. you have uh, your faith element intertwined with all your classes. And with all your classes, you start each class with a prayer. I believe that part of it is growing up how to be a good person, too, is really part of the educational experience of going to a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Awesome. 
And something that I personally struggled with was my, both my parents are Christian. So I went to a lot of, uh, Christian establishments. I went to church every Sunday and it was kind of like an expected thing because of my parents. But I feel like there's always that time or that moment where it becomes more of not that you're forced to go or forced to believe in these things or forced to kind of um, partake in these faiths. And it becomes a personal decision to do that. So when was it kind of like a shift for you, for you to make it a personal thing to kind of pursue your faith? You know, I hear that question a lot, actually, and I don't know when there was a shift. Um, mm. It was something that was just always such a part of my life growing up. Our family went to daily mass in the morning before um, school growing up, you know, we prayed as a family. So it's, you know, when something is such an integral part of your life, mm. it's not like you're like, you ever make that, you never make a conscious shift, I think, for me. Mm. I guess I shouldn't say you make. Uh, for me, it was that there was never a, a conscious shift where I was like, you know, this is mine. It was just, it's always been a part of me. It's like, when did your left arm become yours, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I still, still struggle with that. So that's really cool to hear for you that it was just that integral of a part in your daily life. So now it's kind of shaped who you are. Do you have any favorite memories or memories that you look back to in regards to your faith that really stick out in your personal journey? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, in high school, I was part of youth ministry. Um, I really enjoyed my time there. Uh, that was very formative. Uh, one thing I really enjoyed was, uh, I was on, they called it core team. We led, mm. uh, retreats and that was, I love doing that. Um, because, you know, you, you go on a, a retreat and you get something out of it and then you might come back and lead the same retreat or lead a different retreat. And I think that leading a retreat gives you a much different view on the retreat. It, you get a lot more out of it when you're leading it than when you're just attending. Mm. And so I really love doing that. Um, so I did them for my parish. We had retreats, uh, my high school. We had retreats. We had the freshman retreat, which was always a blast. Um, it's mm. a tradition at my high school, the freshman retreat. Uh, you stay on campus, sleep in the gym. Oh, what? That's yeah. so cool. I never did anything like that at high school where it was kind of like getting locked into the school with people. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. They feed you tons of good food. Um, <laughs> it's about 10 freshmen with two. Uh, they call them big brothers, mm. um, for either juniors or senior upperclassmen and they lead them. And then one of the nights you, they have tons of parent volunteers that drive all everyone everywhere to, uh, one of the big brothers houses and you have dinner at one of the houses, one of the nights of the upperclassmen and one of the faculty comes over. It's, they do a really good job, mm. but, but I mean, I got so much more out of leading. Because that makes the point. I got so much more out of leading as a junior and senior than I did yeah. throughout the retreat as a freshman. Because you get to interact with these like new freshmen and learn from them as probably far more than they're learning from you. Mm. What were some of your favorite things that you've learned and kind of have held in your heart since going on retreats and whatnot? I think it's just that you learn about different people and that you know everyone's going through something um never know what someone might have going on with their you know in their head with their family health issues and it's just it's a good reminder that every person 
is deserving of your time, which is really hard to do in everyday life. Mm. Give people time. But I think it's leading those retreats is good because you have the time to step back on a retreat and talk to people, which I know you're no stranger to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you yeah. can echo those sentiments or not. Yeah, no, I, I definitely resonate a lot with what you're saying. I like listening because hearing you talk about your experiences with retreat work definitely brings back memories of me and my retreat work. And like you said, just being able to connect with people, hear people's stories. It's, it's a really cool thing that I feel like you don't really get as much as you grow older, which is like a weird thing. And it's kind of like you lose that aspect. But uh, what were, what were some of like the biggest shifts in your retreat work through high school and college because i know you did some in college as well right yeah i did some at villanova um let's see what did I, I led camping and canoeing retreat um that was kind of <laughs> so um, outdoorsy <laughs> yeah, outdoorsy um our mutual friend gavin uh, mm. shout out to gavin if he's a listener um <laughs> he was leading the retreat and he said hey i need someone i said i've never gone on it but sure i can help him it was very easy um i had a great group that that always makes it super easy when your group does more talking than you do and you just get to sit back. That's mm. a retreat leader's dream. Um, so yeah, that was a fun retreat, uh, floating down the river. Mm. But yeah, so I, I wasn't as active at Villanova with retreats as I was in high school. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you asked about the shift and I think the shift is participant to leader and then going to college. I didn't lead as much on retreats, was more of a participant, mm. but it still helps you as a participant when you've led in the past. You know, you look at it through a different uh, view. Yeah, yeah. You get more out of it once you've led retreats, I think. Got you, got you. So now we've journeyed through your high school, your college, and now kind of going into after college. Have you been able to use your retreat work or expertise or leadership outside of college or? I have, to be perfectly honest, I haven't. Um, yeah, your faith life definitely takes a shift after college. It's, it, you know, going to a Catholic school, it's very easy mm. to make it a part of your life. Um, you have the time when you're at school and then you hit the working world and it becomes a much bigger struggle to find all of those extra activities on top of, you know, just going to Sunday mass. Mm. Um, so it's definitely a struggle, I have to say, is finding right. something to replace all of those things, you know, at Villanova, it was Knights of Columbus, liturgical council, like mm-hmm. doing different service activities, going on retreats, like it's all right there and it's mm-hmm. so accessible. And then you stop having that at your front door. And I know I've talked to other people, who graduated and have the sim- similar thoughts that it's like you have to do a lot more work on your own. Yeah, yeah, it definitely seems like things got pretty real when we graduated, <laughs> to say the least. You know, like work started happening. We had to do actual scheduling and budgeting and all this other stuff that, you know, I feel like I was not prepared for, but at the same time, it, it is what it is, you know, and we just have to kind of get through it. But what are some things that you do now to kind of replace those things, as you said, or to keep in touch with your own faith and your your story? Um, so I have a good group of friends from my high school youth ministry 
that I still mm-hmm. stay in touch with. Um, they're still here in San Diego, which is awesome uh, as a way to stay in touch with them. Um, but yeah, I'm still kind of fig- figuring it out. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have it locked down yet. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Everything's such a process and that's good. That's good. And it's, it's cool that you have such a strong foundation to kind of lean back on at the beginning of it. I would assume if you, if someone didn't have that strong of a foundation, it'd be, you know, exponentially more difficult to kind of keep up with it after it's all kind of not there and ready for you at, at the taking. Definitely. Yeah. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Hmm. So I'm sure you and I aren't the only ones struggling with this, right? I'm sure so many people all over the world are struggling with this and trying to stay intact with their faith and adjusting to the real life world outside of college. So what were some of the the biggest struggles for you that you've gone through or are still going through in that change in your life? Yeah, I think it's pretty much those things that I already hit on. It's just the accessibility and, you know, I think you definitely have to take a bigger step out of your comfort zone uh-huh. moving back to a, a parish setting, so to speak, you know, your home church and trying to fit in there, back in there again. Yeah, because at Villanova, you know, you want to do something, you can pretty much go do it, and it's very mm-hmm. easy to just jump right into something. Mm-hmm. You know, especially since you jump right in with a lot of the time with your friends too, you mm. know, you don't have that as much. So yeah, I don't, might be asking the wrong person for the magic recipe because I don't, I don't think I have one. Gotcha. So another thing I was uh, always curious about, I think you mentioned it before when we were at school, but I always wondered a guy like you growing up in California, you got the coast, you got, you got the beaches, you got surfing, you got all that. And then you fly all the way over to the other side of the nation. Why? Why is that? Um, I think it was just because I wanted to try something else. Um, I was pretty spoiled. Pretty spoiled here. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, when I first went out there, everyone would always be like, you know, I don't really like San Diego. It's always like warm there. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you don't have the seasons. And I'm like, oh no, we have the, my go-to response was we have the season. We have the season. We just skip the crummy ones and you know, <laughs> only get a laugh. And now here I am mm-hmm. watching the seasons through social media and mm. you do, you miss, I do miss them a little bit. I never thought I would miss. Really? Really? Well, um, granted, I never really did live in the snow as I was an RA on campus, lived on campus. I never mm-hmm. had to shovel and all of the ins and outs Dreams. of actually living in the snow. <laughs> yeah. Um, you just get but, the best parts of those crummy moments. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to, wanted to see what living on the East Coast was all about, um, and I'm very glad I did. Um, wow. I'm very happy to be home too, back home in San Diego. But I will have to say, I never thought I would miss the snow and the fall. I, you know, here in San Diego, and we are a bit of a desert, so we don't have the trees just turning bright green in the spring. That that's mm. what really beautiful spring was yeah uh would, would you say spring is your favorite season now or is that not um probably yeah that when it, when it was done being cold you were sick mm-hmm. of being cold and like the green was just so bright it was that yeah i would mm-hmm. like walking around campus and when it was those baby green leaves were so bright it's something i never 
palm trees kind of stay the same color all year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm in, uh, so I, I recently moved to, where am I? Uh, central, central, southeast Florida. I think I just said like all parts of Florida, but, um, I'm in like Florida area right now and it's, it's pretty much all sunshine and like it's like 70 today. No rain, no nothing. And my family's up in, uh, New Jersey. So they're telling me all this rain, the storms. My friends are in Philly. There's a bunch of snow and everything. I, I literally forgot what the seasons were like. And to be honest, I was like kind of excited that I didn't have to deal with that. At the same time, there was that kind of, ah, I do kind of miss like a pretty white blanket covering the entire world. That, that's, that is pretty cool and pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, but it's all good. It's all good. I think I think this is a good place for me to be as well. Do you do you foresee yourself uh, moving out to the East Coast anytime, or are you gonna stay and camp at and make San Diego your your true home for the long haul? I guess. <laughs> I don't I don't know about that one. Um, <laughs> love being here right now. I'm here for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. Steph's here for the next five years. We're um, grad school, so locked in for the next five years or so and then we'll see where jobs and life take us i'd love mm-hmm. to be here in san diego it's a great place to be gotcha Can't yeah for it. sure don't, don't have my magic eight ball yeah dude those things are all broken anyway <laughs> um kind of shifting gears a little bit i'm curious to see who some of your role models or your mentors are because you seem like a pretty pretty upstanding guy and I'm sure you've done a lot of work on yourself and personal growth and development, but who are some of those people that really stick out to people you look up to or um, that were your role models growing up? Yeah, um, definitely. My parents are great role models for me growing up. I was blessed to have such wonderful parents um, that did, like I mentioned earlier, sacrifice a lot for my education. I'm very grateful for that. I greatly respect respect and admire them. And then probably at Villanova, some of my greatest role models were some of the upperclassmen while I was there, mm-hmm. uh, who I saw in Knights of Columbus and Liturgical Council as a underclassman, you look up to me like, I want to be just like them, you know. <laughs> Even in college I think we still do that a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I, I want to be that. just like them when I grow up in two years. <laughs> um, and then uh one of the big role models was uh, Father Joe Bastardi at Villanova. Um, mm. He was he was great. He was our chaplain for Knights of Columbus. Helped out with the liturgical council. He was so so welcoming, and uh, he loved having people dinner, all kinds of things like that. And it, it's just he can cook. Oh. Yeah, he really can. Yeah, but I think he was a great role model at Villanova because every, everywhere he went with Father Joe, it was. He'd say hi to everyone. I know we were like grabbing ice and Connolly once, and like the some, someone in the kitchen's like, "Hey, Father Joe, like, how are you? How such and such?" He knew them by name, and I, I think that was that was cool. Uh, it's mm. important, and I I don't know if it was I don't know I don't think it was exclusively him. Probably the friendliness of Villanova as a whole, but I definitely have tried to uh, address people by name. I think that's really mm. important. Like like at work, you know, you walk in, "Hey, hey, John, how are you?" As I walk in, say hi to people. I was trying mm. to, if I know their name, I try and use it. I think it's like, it's a super small touch that takes nothing. And I think people like a, hey, uh, hey, their name far more than just a, hey, how are you, you know? Mm. No, I, I agree with that. I feel like 
saying people's names is it, it definitely resonates with that individual more, but also like makes you understand that you actually know their name. I feel like I struggle with like, I get someone's name, but then I forget it like almost immediately, which is like, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's a problem for a lot of people, but I feel like I've noticed that for myself. I'm like, Oh, Hey, I'm John. Nice to meet you. And they're like, Oh, Hey, I'm Jim. And two seconds later, I'm like, Whoa, anyone remember that guy's name? I don't. Uh, and I feel like I need to work on that. So I'll definitely try to incorporate that for sure. Like saying people's names more often. And it helps you remember them too. If you're, you're always <laughs> that. Yeah. That's part mm. of, part of the reason. I, yeah. I think I tried to incorporate that as an RA because when I had a flora, 30 guys or mm, whatever, mm. you're like, oh man, what's his name? Like at the beginning of the school, you're like, what's his name? <laughs> like, you like pull up your roster and you like start like scrolling. You're like, I know he lives in this room. Oh, that's, that's his name. Um, but if you, and then you see him in the hall and you're like, hi, Anthony, how are you? And it's like, mm. like said, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's people know that you exactly, like you said, that you know who they are. I, I think yeah. people appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you said, it's like that small little touch that really does so much in such a small amount of time. And if you just put the little bit of effort, it, it makes a difference. So I'll definitely start incorporating that. And it was, it's awesome that you mentioned, uh, Father Joe because I actually had an interview with another guy. I had an interview with him a few days ago. His name is Mike McCormick and he also knew, uh, Father Joe, uh, before he came to Villanova. And it was like, whoa, like, that's crazy. I didn't know that he did that, but, um, yeah, this guy, Mike McCormick, he was, he's working for the Catholic volunteer network and he does a lot of stuff through them. So I met him through my service and he also knew father Joe and I was like, Oh, I know him. I ate at his house once. It was cool. <laughs> he's, he's a great guy. I think, I think that's a, that's a great role model to have for sure. Yeah. Father Joe was the founder of the Augustinian volunteers. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. probably a What's one of the most valuable things you feel like you've learned from him? Oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> feel free to take your time. <laughs> yeah, okay. Think about it. Uh, most valuable thing? Just to maybe uh, something I learned for the future is just to give everything you've got to everything. So active. He's such an active guy. Um, mm-hmm. I know I like to, you know, sit back and relax. So I guess a lesson to be learned is always be uh active always doing something with your time um something fulfilling with your time because you know he loved to cook for people he was doing like 15 different jobs in campus ministry mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. loved loved all of it he loved being around students and yeah just crazy so when i'm his age i hope i'm as active and involved as i can be mm. awesome awesome and I knew that you mentioned this a little bit, but you were part of the Knights of Columbus, and I'm not sure if a lot of people know what that is that are listeners. Can you talk a little bit about what you did with them and what their goal is? Yeah, so Knights of Columbus is a Catholic men's uh, service and fraternal organization around the world. And uh, at Villanova, we did uh, different service projects around campus, as well as also just provide the uh, group for Catholic guys on campus to share their faith and, you know, and fel- and fellowship is important because you want to be able to get to know and, um, be friends with the people who you're sharing your faith with, you know, rather than 
Oh, I, I, I know I see him once in a while when I'm at church. I, I think it was a really great group where you got to know different Catholic gentlemen around Villanova. Yeah, so we did some of the service projects we did. We did a turkey drive uh, around Thanksgiving time where we collected close to, I think, 300 turkey dinners. So faculty and staff, that they would get flyers and then different offices and faculty would bring in turkey dinners and then the knights would bring them together and deliver them to the different service sites that Villanova works with throughout the year. So uh, what's the uh, freshman service? Rui Ball, so a lot of like Rui, Rui mm-hmm. Ball sites. Um, we would deliver uh, turkey dinners to some of the, or Thanksgiving dinners to some of those sites. Uh, we did the level casino night. We did that. You mentioned mm-hmm. Father Joe's a great cook. He cooked hundreds and hundreds of pounds of uh, meatball sandwiches and oh uh, served up meatball sliders at the level casino night. Uh, but yeah, so a really great group of guys that going over. And I'm glad I was able to join that organization. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening in today. This is Starting With a Story, and I'm John Lee. We'll be right back with more from Joe McCabe. talked about this a little bit already but you know we had so many different activities so many things that keep us occupied i I suppose uh during college and even in high school as well but after graduating you know that all kind of disappears what have you been able to do for yourself like what do you do for you what does joe do for joe (laughs) Joe. Um, so when it's uh the water does get a little colder here Uh, Mm. i haven't been out surfing in a while but uh in the summer and fall, I was surfing, mm-hmm. I surfing a good amount. Um, like I said, even if I don't stand up too much, it's always great being out in the water. Um, mm-hmm. uh, also, go kayaking. I have a kayak. Oh, it's great nice. being out in the water. I play, bas- play basketball. Not very well, uh, but <laughs> I play, play in a men's league on mm-hmm. Tuesday nights, so it uh, gets me active. Cool, cool. It seems like you have a very strong affinity with water. Like that, that seems like your place. Growing up in San Diego, you grow up going to the beach and mm-hmm. the, the good place to be. It's very uh, relaxing going surfing. Oh, even though you get very tired, but going surfing or kayaking, it's very relaxing being out there. Mm. So you're, you're good at, you're good enough at surfing to like, surf parallel to the shore like sideways or do you go to the shore or like when i when i said i'm lucky to stand up a few times that's uh-huh. about how good i am at surfing <laughs> got you got you and yeah. when when did you first start surfing uh so i started in high school um i actually never surfed growing up i yeah. uh i picked it up i got a board i asked for a board for christmas in high school uh, i think towards the end maybe like junior or senior year Mm-hmm. Busy with high school, I didn't get out there a whole bunch. And then in college, it was when I was home on breaks, I would try and get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, surfing is definitely a sport where you you need to give it a lot of work. And 
you know, going once every few months wasn't the uh, answer <laughs> to becoming a proficient surfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the beginning of the summer, I did. I got a little better because I was going a lot more before I started work. Yeah, that's probably all dropped off now. Gotcha. Yeah, I I surfed for two weeks in my life when I was in eighth grade, and that was like if I could if I could even get one foot up standing, then I was like it was a win, you know. Like I had no idea what I was doing; I just fell off the entire time. I was also afraid that sharks were gonna attack me. Eighth grade John is just not a very confident one. <laughs> um, but it was actually funny. Yesterday I went to there was an event called Beach and Boards Fest out here in uh Cocoa Beach, Florida, and there was like all types of sports, whether it be kayaking, wakeboarding, parasailing, uh, skateboarding, and surfing. And these surfers, they're like doing tricks and flips. And I was like, whoa, that's really cool. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> so it was really cool to see that in person. So I imagine you doing those tricks on those boards. And you know. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I don't think so. Not, not mm. there, not there yet. Something to aspire to, maybe. Mm-hmm. Say so you're out there now. Are you picking up any uh, of the water sports of Florida yet? Uh, see, I I want to, but currently nothing yet except just kind of like lazing around on the beach. But uh, I'm hoping to either get into surfing or scuba diving. Scuba diving is like pretty big here, and I have a few friends that I've met that go out pretty often, and they just kind of like dive. And that's like a verb that I never used like regularly. Like, oh, I'm gonna go dive. I'm like, what? What do you mean? You got a pool? Like, it's not something I do. Um, but that could be really cool. Uh, one of the guy, uh, friends that I met, he like proposed to his girlfriend underwater, like with, and I was like, you did what? Like, what? I've never wild. heard of that. Yeah. So that was, that was like a cool drop thing. The ring, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like he probably just didn't even bring it, but you have to, right? Yeah, I think you have to. I don't know. There um, might be an exception for certain depths. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because that is one thing you definitely don't want to lose. Am I right? <laughs> have you had like a a special moment when you were on the water where you just like you knew that the water is like your place, like that's your domain? Um, I don't know if I had any like out of body experience or something <laughs> in the water. Uh, it's just a place that I love. Um, mm. The summer after freshman year of Villanova, I did work as a kayak and snorkel tour guide mm. in, here in La Jolla, uh, beach part of San Diego. But yeah, that was great. Seeing people from Kentucky, like, just, like, blown away. It's a, it's a good reminder of, like, <laughs> how, like, beautiful, like, of a place we are. And mm. um, that's, like, a good, re- a good reminder to not be taking the water for granted. But yeah, so said the verb to dive so doing that snorkeling snorkeling mm. cool. like because when you dive under the water you know it's just you there's you just hear the, the fish uh blowing bubbles it's kind of mm. cool yeah. yeah underwater just you and cool 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 yeah i was um did you did you watch moana is that a movie oh, so of course yeah i was wondering if you had like a moana moment where like the water was like, <laughs> the water presented a stone to you or something <laughs> dancing in the water uh, uh, yeah nothing like that yeah one day cool. that'd probably help me stand up on surf. <laughs> yeah if the ocean was on your side huh <laughs> so 
What are some books that you would recommend? What is, uh, if, if you read, I don't know, I read more books in the past six months than I have in the past six years. So I'm like all about the books now, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. I read a lot more growing up than I, uh, did in high school and well, I mean, waiting for school in high school, but yeah, so I, it's a good point. I have time to read for pleasure and I don't take enough advantage of it. Um, mm. See, what I'm reading right now is the John Grisham book. So he writes like lawyer courtroom dramas. So this one's about, oh. uh, someone who she was, was a lawyer in New York got laid off during like the big bust. And so she's like interning out in cold country. Um, mm. I don't know if I recommend it. I not all the way through it. Um, but <laughs> I do, I do, I do like John Grisham books, even though I can't say that I, love lawyers and suing people and all of that. But I, I do like John Grisham books. Uh, my dad always was reading them growing up, so I picked up some from his shelves. Um, my favorite book ever probably is uh, Lone Survivor. Mm. Um, so they had a movie a few years back was based on the book. But yeah, it's a really incredible story. And it was one of the books where like I just like, you know, like, you like, you know, they say like, oh, I couldn't set this book down. Like, I really could not like set this book down. I was like, flip and flip and flip. And it was such a captivating story. And mm. yeah. Cool. How was uh, your year of service, I guess? Um, and then how was mm. the transition from, cause you, your year of service was more like six months of service, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I guess yeah. so how was it like having such a quick transition from school year of service to like work? in such a compacted period of time because I know a lot of people do like the full year maybe I don't know if there's more of a time to like adjust each one I feel like Mm -hmm. putting words in your mouth I'll let you answer but (laughs) adjusting to one just in time to give it up and move on to the next I don't know yeah dude um I never really considered how short a period of time six months was I I thought in my head six months was a long time because in in comparison, it's like the same thing as a semester or, you know, half the year. It just seems like something that seemed pretty long in my opinion. But in, in reality, it was such a quick transition going from school to graduating to service to then working full time. And I feel like the, the biggest thing was not being able to have the time to reflect on all of these experiences. So after graduating, you know, everyone kind of hangs out and tries to do as much as they can at the end. And then right after like a trip or whatever, and trying to spend a little bit more time with the friends that you will, you know, might not be able to see for quite some time. And then long before you knew it, I went to Kansas city, Missouri to teach. Uh, I was a teacher for six months for freshmen, sophomores and, or no freshmen, juniors, and seniors. I didn't really deal with sophomores that much, but that was really fun. I love teaching. And I think, I think everyone should, it's like a bold statement, but I think everyone should teach for at least like six months because I only did it for six months. But, um, I think you can gain so much from teaching, not only because I felt that I was so removed from teaching in the high school sense, you know, cause we went through college and they're just completely different animals. And these kids, they, they're so, willing and also so stubborn and you learn a lot of patience and you learn a lot of compassion through teaching 
And you also learn how to just deal with different personalities and different types of people, kind of going back to your story of just meeting new people and really learning from them, getting something um, that you can teach them and something that they can teach you. And I think I learned so much from these students and I'm still a few of them still contact me and I help give them advice on college or this, that, or what have you. And that was really fun. But six months was way too short. It really was. Um, I can't, I'm, I'm actually flying back to Kansas city for their graduation. Cause I have a bunch of seniors that I worked with and I was like, ah, I wish I was here for you guys the entire year, but I'm like here and then I'm gone and ah, I gotta be here when you guys walk. So, uh, I have a decent amount of senior students that are going to walk this year, which is really cool. And that was, that was, a uh, that was fun. That was fun. And, you know, living as a student at school, you know, finances a little tight. And then as a volunteer, finances a little tighter. And then transitioning into the working world, it was, it was weird to, you know, think about paying rent and like paying like several hundred or even a thousand dollars a month to live somewhere where I was like, Whoa, what? I lived off of like $92 every two weeks. I'm like, what, how can I afford this? It was just like all of, such a weird concept, but I think more of it was just kind of not having, like I said, enough time to reflect on my volunteer experience and having some trouble with that. And then also being kind of thrown into the working world, but not really knowing what I'm doing or knowing what my passion is, is definitely a struggle. So I, I don't know if that answers your question, but my, my service was awesome. I highly recommend service and um, looking into volunteer work because that's a passion of mine for sure. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's my, my story on my service type stuff. <laughs> so what are some things that you're looking forward to in the life of Joe? Um, well, I recently got engaged, so looking forward. <laughs> you what? Oh, so I did. I recently got engaged. To, um, so looking forward to planning and all of that, um, whirlwind that will be and starting that next chapter. So it's probably the, uh, the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to for sure. Dude, congratulations, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Happy to, happy to talk about it. I'm very excited about that. Cool. Awesome. And if you don't mind me asking, how old are you and how did this whole situation plan out or pan out for you in, in the sense of getting engaged in that whole process? Yeah. So I'm 22. Um, and, you know, some people might be like, wow, you're so, so, so young, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'm just excited to start living my life and I want to live it with my best friend. So mm -hmm. I want to, some, sometimes, you sometimes you might hear like, oh, you know, like, why don't you wait? And that way you can figure out some things in life. And it's like, well, why wouldn't you just want to figure those things out with, you know, the person you love? So. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. You're making my heart all warm and fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. And, and th this person, you, you haven't just met her like yesterday, right? Like you guys have been together for a decent amount of time. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't yesterday. It was two weeks ago. No, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so, about two and a half years. We met at Villanova. Uh, we met mm. through, uh, liturgical council. So liturgical council mm. of Villanova planned all of the masses and all the uh, Sunday masses, all of the large masses. Um, so. We had a common interest that brought us together and then just took off from there, I guess you might say. Mm -hmm. So 
growing up, there's always like, you, you see a girl and you like her and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in love with her or whatever. But then it's, it's like, just like a high school fling or high school like relationship that doesn't really amount to much. What was like the change for you where you were like, you know, this is, this is where I want to be and this is who I want to be with? Um, over time you realize that this person is your best friend. Mm. Very important to the person you marry. In my, uh, Years of experience and <laughs> wisdom. I think it's important that you do marry your best friend. That there's person you want to spend the rest of your life with, and so it, it should, they should be your best friend, and that's that's really important. Sorry, what, what was the question? Full question. I think I only touched on a piece of it. Uh, you're good. It's all good. That was that was good. I'm I'm just like I'm I'm real. I'm I can't stop smiling right now. Basically. <laughs> So in, in your years of experience, uh, what, what advice would you give to someone that like struggling with the topic of taking the next step or relationships and, uh, probably the wrong person to ask. Seriously. Um, mm. I'm just, I'm an incredibly lucky guy. Mm. I was very blessed to find Steph and I don't know. Life has been very good since meeting her, beginning dating and now moving into the next chapter. Oh. So cute. Well, congratulations. I, I really hope the best for you and Steph and for all the wonderful blessings to come because that's really cool. And I'm really, really hyped for both of you guys because you guys are both really cool people. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll pass on those kind words. <laughs> I still have, <laughs> I still have a letter that I'm supposed to give to Steph. I know I don't know if I ever mentioned he mentioned it to you um in college but there I have a letter that I have specifically for her because she was uh in one of my groups for a retreat um for uh search and um I wrote something to each group member and I never got a chance to give mine to her and I think it's been like 3 or 4 years now and I keep telling her anytime I see her but I never do it because I never have it on me. I just don't carry around this letter all the time. But it's it's literally just like a, yeah, a letter from the retreat. But, if, you need, um, if you need an address, maybe I can give it to you offline. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll do that. should probably get on that. I think it's dated to like 2014 or 2015 is when the, the date on the letter was. Um, do you do you still write letters to people? Is that a thing that you do or not really? Or? Not really. Um, let's see. Yeah, I don't write letters other than mm. other than thank you cards and things of that nature. Mm. I've probably written too many letters since uh, senior year of high school in our literature class. Every week mm. we had we I forget if it was like Tuesdays or Thursdays, but every every Tuesday or Thursday you had to write a letter to someone. Mm. Uh-huh. But yeah, that was that was that's that cool. Um, it's a form of communication not frequently used uh, for sure, and mm. so. So it'd be like every week or something different. It's like right, it's like family member, you know, someone at 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 Saints, uh, some, mm-hmm. someone someone at the high school. You had to write a letter to, you know, someone in your immediate household. Then there was some that was like open to. It was like write to whoever you want. It wasn't always structured, and sometimes it was like write to someone who's not a family member, not at high school. So it makes you like branch out and write to someone different. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, gotcha. that, was, that was cool. That was, that was really cool that that uh, teacher had us do that. Mm, awesome. Uh, are, awesome. You, are you a letter writer? 
Um, yeah, I, I write letters here and there. Uh, not, not super often, but I like to, I feel like it's in a better way for me to keep in touch with some people just because like, I'm not the greatest texter. I've, I'm just like not good at that. So I, I'd rather have phone calls or FaceTimes or what have you. But if, if I have a piece of paper and a pencil, I'll, I'll write a letter to someone. And I think that's a, a cool way to say hi. And, uh, yeah, I, I also love receiving letters, which is why I started writing letters more often. And also with retreat work, they always ask you, to, there's always like that, that reflection portion where, you know, there's like some music that really like gets the emotions flowing and everyone's quiet and writing down letters and stuff. So that always resonated with me a lot. Sometimes I write letters to myself. Maybe I'll open them. Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> glad you're keeping that lost art form alive (laughs) yeah thank you so we're we're coming up to the end of our interview i have three more questions for you but before i ask that i just wanted to thank you for your time and your uh, willingness to share a little bit about your life and you know it's especially just close this wonderfully amazing time for you and and steph that's really awesome and congratulations again but thank you so much for you know being here telling us a little bit about yourself and your life and what you hold close to your heart, your faith, your family, your friendships, and basically just like your adventurousness into the future, I suppose. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. I hope you, uh, you're definitely, uh, scraping the bottom of the barrel on interviewees. So I'm glad you had Oh me my on. goodness. Ridiculous. Absolutely. Ridiculous. Everyone has a story to share that's willing and a story to be, shared with others and to be heard. So don't think you're bottom of the barrel, dude. Not at all. Um, but my last three questions were, up to this point, what's been the favorite chapter of your life so far? Um, probably Villanova. I really enjoyed my time at Villanova. The people there, yeah. absolutely incredible, very formative time in my life in my very short 22 years, as mm-hmm. mentioned. But, yeah, I really love Villanova. Amen. Yeah, it was a great place, man. I wouldn't have met you without it. You know, I wouldn't have met you. (laughs) Second question is, if you had to give a title to the next chapter in your life, what would you title it? A title for the next chapter? Um, Saving for a wedding, but uh, that's probably not a very good (laughs) chapter. Um, That's awesome. How about Into the Unknown? Uh, Into the Unknown. Yeah, definitely some new experiences to be coming across in the next few years. Yeah. Yeah. It could be, it could be, um, saving for wedding colon into the unknown. <laughs> there we go. We'll take that to publishing. <laughs> uh, all right. And then the last question is if you had to put a title to the book of your entire life up until this moment, what would you name that title? Um, I guess trying to go with the first thing that popped into my head, probably the mm. most honest answer. I think it'd have to be something along the lines of the story of Joe Colin, a very blessed, a very lucky life. I very, mm. I think I've had a very blessed, very lucky life. I'm very appreciative of all the people that have been in my life. My parents given me a good life, sacrificed for me to go to Catholic school and raised me to be who I am to be. So I think I have had a very blessed life. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Really like those answers. And again, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your story with the starting with the story community. And 
our listeners here. I, I wish you well and have a great rest of your week. You too. Have a great Sunday. Thanks. Stay safe. Stay you. <laughs> Bye-bye. And that's a wrap. I really hope you enjoyed this interview with Joe. His undeniable humility, his passion for faith, and the bright future he has ahead of him really puts a big smile on my face, and I hope it does for you too. I've had the absolute honor of learning from him each and every day, and hope you were able to connect with his story, even if it was just a little bit. I want to challenge you guys to take a look inside your own personal faith journey, to take a look inside your own mind and your own heart, to truly understand what you believe in. What do you stand for? Now, if you want to continue this conversation with Joe, please do not hesitate to reach out to me and I can surely connect you to him. If you enjoyed this episode or something resonated with you from his story, tell us about it. Let us know your thoughts and your experiences. If you found value in this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, leaving a review, or even sharing it with your friends. Lastly, if you have a story or a person in mind that you think would connect with others, shoot me an email at share at startingwiththestory.com to potentially be interviewed or featured in a future episode. All of the music in today's episode was originally composed by the Bryson Kemp. Check them out at brysonkempmusic.com. I want to be able to connect with people and connect people to each other through storytelling. You can be a part of that journey as well. Go out there and share your story. This is John Lee on Starting With a Story, signing off. Stay safe, stay you. (laughs) 